right, welcome back to the back porch. We got our co-host G. What's up, everybody? And our other co-host Cruz Chavez. Hooey, dude, we're back for another sesh of revelation. Revelation, yeah, chapter this, seventeen and eighteen. Coming to the end of it. What is? Is it? Let me check my Bible. Twenty-two. Yeah, chapters of Revelation. Only yes, have, sir. Only have three more. If I'm four more, if you want to count, we have to do nineteen. But we're coming to an end. Uh, the Book of Revelation has been very interesting and very uh, nice to study because, like I told you guys in the very beginning, I haven't and didn't really read the book of Revelation by myself. I never did that, but now as a church, we got to study it. So we're coming to the end of this thing. What have you thought about it, Cruz? Um, as we've been going through it, I mean, it, for me, it's been eye-opening because there are certain details in here that that have not been fulfilled yet. Yeah. Um, there are prophecies I was reading today. There are prophecies that have not been fulfilled, like Babylon being destroyed, Um God God stated that in the Old Testament that Babylon would not be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Like it would be it would be to the point where it would not be able to be rebuilt. There's not a single rock or a single structure that could be used to, to even be the cornerstone of something else, yeah. of another building. And people could argue, well, you know, what about this town or this country? What about, you know, um, this building, they've taken bits and pieces of Babylon um, and have used it to restructure their building. Well, that that is a prophecy that has not been fulfilled by God. Mm-hmm. And so there's just some crazy stuff. To It's going to get to the point when we're going to learn about it today in chapter 18 where God demolishes Babylon. Yep, this it's is it. It's flattened out. We'll see you later, Babby. Yeah. If you want to call Babylon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, we've seen prophecy off of pro- prophecy. And, you know, like TJ says, 65 books have been completed and just one has not yet. Uh, this is this is is what is to come. Um, and we're reading about it. Uh, this is God's Word being given to us and, a lot, and giving us knowledge and wisdom about what the end times are going to look like whenever Jesus does uh, come back and comes back and judges the earth. But, Cruz, I hear you're going to a football game this Saturday. Whoopee. <laughs> Big sweet. Right? <laughs> I have been to one Arkansas football game, maybe two. Has to be. You should go to an OSU football game in a state Why? that you live in. I'm not going to a fake Cowboys game, all right? Oh my! I'm only goodness. I'm only going to go to one Cowboys game. That's my boys. <laughs> That's them boys. Are you D-town. seriously a Cowboys fan? Yes. You are from Texas. Oh, I forgot about that. Why? <laughs> I, I couldn't substitute. I know. I mean, I know that they're they're have they haven't been all that great in the past, but they're having a decent season. They are, but. I can't substitute them out for the Cowboys and Oklahoma. Go Pokes. I, I'll tell you guys here, I'm a Pokes baby. I, I OSU is my team, uh, and we choked and got demolished yesterday, uh, last week by TCU, Horned Frogs, whatever. Mm. It was That was embarrassing, very embarrassing. But OU also got... I was going to say, OU lost to them too. Oh, they lost to Texas horribly. Yeah. Horribly. In the uh, red, yeah, the Red River shootout. TCU but, surprises me. All the like, big, I I know it's a private private school, but I mean just the fact that uh, I mean it's right there. I'm pretty sure it's right there in the Dallas area, the Fort Worth area. I think so. And I I had no clue they were that good. Yeah, they are. I mean, every team in the Big Twelve. Uh, rest in peace to OU going to the SEC. You're not going to do very well. Um, <laughs> Uh, every team in the Big 12, there's like, you know, there's projections to who is going to be the uh, Big 12 champions. And OU was literally ranked like sixth at the beginning of the season. And they lost three in a row. And they're not ranked. And they're, I believe they were, is between them and Texas to be the clear cut winners for the Big 12. Uh, but Texas hasn't been doing t- that too hot either. The Jayhawks have been doing exceptionally uh, better than what they did last year. Yep. So in the Big 12, it's a it's a big surprise. Which is which is interesting because I heard the comment that Kansas is horrible. 
Like Kansas football. Not this year. But Kansas basketball is amazing. Is amazing. They're turning into a football school. <laughs> Apparently. Dude, they were going, I don't know. Last year, it was just pitiful. I, I, I don't know how many games they won last year or what they were ranked in, in the Big 12, but they were number one for a little bit, and it was just crazy. So this season has been absolutely nuts, especially like college football and all. Alabama lost. Uh, who did they? I forgot who they lost to. Yeah, I completely forgot who they lost to. But this whole season has been nuts. But there's still hope for the Pokes to win the Big 12. <laughs> and I think we're ranked like 16. We dropped so much. Yeah. You guys uh, went from what, like eight? Yeah, eight to 16 or something like that. We lost 48 nothing to number 22. Whew. <laughs> okay, we're done talking about this. <laughs> that's, your, that's your little you know, football high right there. Yeah. Week. Uh, right? I, I do enjoy some college football. I get into it. Whenever I do watch it, a lot of times I'm too busy working. Yeah. But I always try to get in front of the TV or look up the scores. But on to Revelation. Back to Revelation. We're reading um, seven, uh, chapter 17 and 18. And this is all about the prostitute or what other Bibles may say, the harlot and the beast, getting into that, and then the fall of Babylon. So these two chapters... Yeah. Very, very interesante. A little Spanish <laughs> for you. A little Spanish for you. Um, but you have anything before we get started? No, no. Um, I mean, as we read through chapter 17, I'll have plenty to say. There we go. Easy money. Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and just read verses one through two, yep. or if it allots it more. <laughs> go through. Go through the whole chapter. Okay. Uh, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away uh, in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman had arrayed in uh, purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abomination of the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was a written name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and earth's abominations. And I saw a woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled greatly, but the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to dest- and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. There are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is, and the other has not yet come. And when he does not come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seventh, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. They are in one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is lord of lords and king of kings, and those with him are called the chosen and faithful. And the angel said to him, said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put into their hearts um, to carry out his purpose by being one of by being of one mind and handing over the royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. Take it away, Cruz. Okay. 
there is there's a there's a lot there. Yes. This is all like you said, G. This is all about the harlot. Yes. This is all about the great prostitute. And I was reading through some commentary, and uh, there's there is some debate on who who this prostitute is. What is this? And as he was describing it, and it all made sense to me that um, just like the church here, like we are the church, we are referred to as the bride. Yep. Right. And Jesus is referred to as the bridegroom. Yes. Okay. So Jesus is going to come back for um, his bride. Well, if you put it in terms of, of like peoples, I guess, you would have someone who is clean versus someone who is not clean. Mm-hmm. Our religion, we see it as um, we see it as we are considered the bride. Well, false religions, they Jesus would consider that as the prostitute, someone who is unclean, someone who defiles uh, and taints God's name, someone who just completely objects against Him. Yes, and so that is what they believe this prostitute is. It is a religion that is against completely against Jesus yeah. in the gospel. Yeah. So does that, I mean, do you have any questions? Do you have no. any thoughts on that? I mean, I totally agree because let's think about it. If we were to really look at what a prostitute, like a prostitute is or a harlot, uh, and we were to think in today's terms, it's like usually uh, somebody, they, they turn to them. And it, what usually results in, 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 in that is like brokenness, like a broken relationship. Yeah. Uh and of course, things aren't hidden under God's eyes. But this whole thing is about the religious system uh, of like what the system is uh, within Babylon, uh, like what, like how it will come. It says that it will come. They will all have one mind, uh, and they will come together and so, like and support this woman, right? But then uh, we'll see. It doesn't last very long. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's a very short reign. Yes, right? it is a very, very short reign for this person. So what I think is interesting is it talks about how this woman is seated on this hill, or yet they're seat, he's, she's seated on this sea uh, of people. What does it say here? It says, seated on many waters. This many waters is, re- is referencing to people. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a multitude of... Like TJ put it into perspective for us. It's not like there's going to be a couple thousand people left on the earth this time. Mm-hmm. There's going to be millions of people yes. during, living during this day of the tribulation. And it's sad because it's millions of people who are lost. Millions of people who have taken the mark of the beast. Oh, yes. Well, during that time, you're going to have this sea of people who are going to take the mark of the beast and they're going to worship this prostitute, they're mm-hmm. going to worship her. And so I'm going to kind of dig in deep here. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, so, I'm ready for it. Right. So this kind of ties into Babyl- Babylonianism, Babylonianism. So before Babylon or before the Roman, the Roman Catholic Church, before Rome in general, you had Babylon. And this is going to be so deep. You probably have heard this for the first time because I heard this from TJ from the first time. Ready for it. And... Before before Rome, you had Babylon. Mm-hmm. From Babylon, it was a great city, it was a great nation. They were conquering so many things, conquering conquering people. They were almost impossible to overcome. Yeah, at least they thought they were. So, um, from then, you had their own religion. They created this Babylonianism, where they would worship idols, they would worship relics, they would worship um, jewelry, they would worship um, just things that that are very materialistic. And that became their religion. That became their idols. Well, once Babylon fell, so did Babylonism, or however you pronounce that. Well, Rome was the next greatest empire. Yep. And you've heard, I don't know if you've ever heard TJ say this, but people believe theologians... Theologians. Theologians. uh, Nickelodeons. (laughs) (laughs) Theologians believe... That Babylon was where Satan's throne was. Yeah. And then they believed once that fell, uh, the Roman Empire was where he then moved his next empire. That's where yes. his throne was. Mm-hmm. Well, Rome adopted some of these theologies, some of these traditions from Babylon. And so 
you have a lot. You have that, and then you have all these other nations around. Oh yeah. Okay, that have their own religious belief, mm-hmm. whether it's Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever. Yeah. Well, they all worship similar things. They have they have their gods. They they have their idols. They have their um, you ha- they believe that you have to earn your way into heaven, mm-hmm. and this is kind of where we got. Um, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say that uh, Roman Catholic is exactly, you know, the exact same thing as Hinduism or, or Buddhism, but in in the Roman Catholic Church, you have certain things that are still that are still held valuable because of the tradition, right? Yeah. Um, and we know that Christ, whenever he came, he taught the disciples, like, we don't worship traditions. We don't, we don't, we did away, we don't, we didn't do away with the old law, but he came to fulfill it. Amen. And then he also came to show us the, the, the true path. Amen. And it got to the point where the church started wor- worshiping these idols. And so this, this prostitute, she sets herself up. Mm-hmm. And she is this great religion, this, this um, I think it's called religion Babylon is yeah. what people are calling it. Ah. I mean, we can also go back and like I was telling you before we started the podcast and look at like how Babylon was used or where, like, where did Babylon pop up within the Bible? And the, Babylon has been in the Bible for a while. I mean, once it was a great city. I mean, that's where we get the Tower of Babel. That's where that happened, in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it, it, what's funny, I think this may blow your mind, Babel means, it's not like babbling uh, or like talking in gibberish. It, literally, it, it, it means the gate of gods, or yeah. the gate of God. Yes. Uh, and once you see, like, we could see, let, let me go ahead and read this for you. Come, uh, this is verse 1, Come, and I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth uh, have committed sexual morality, and with the wine of, the, of whose sexual morality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. So through this, like you were saying, other religions have sprouted from it. Yeah. Right. Other, so let's remember, Babel, gate of God. And so in lowercase g, not big right. g, our God. Um, so we could see like through Babylon and we can, and we can also look back and, and we can think about, yeah, like this is still happening today. People are getting distracted. Uh, if you're a Christian, you believe that there's only one true God and that these other gods are false. And you also think that those other religions are false with love, with love, I'm beating my chest with love, but they're false. Um, you can't lean and say, man, I'm a Christian, but I, I really do like uh, what Hinduism does, and I'm not. And you don't practice what Hinduism does, and you don't do those things. And there's certain uh, denominations of Christianity, like uh, progressive Christianity, who have really fallen away from the Word of God, and then they are becoming drunk, like it says there. They became drunk from sexual immorality or right. sins, and they become distracted, and they really follow their own way. Um, and they start following what is what is up with uh, the society today, like staying in tune with society. Right. But like you said, our Lord came and got rid of traditions. And we can also take a lesson within that. Uh, traditions don't mean anything. Like if if it's not biblical, uh, I know that there's like some things like, oh, I enjoy sitting. Like this is my seat. You're kind of treating it like a tradition. If somebody goes and sits in your seat, let them have it. Uh, get out of the usual because our God isn't usual. Uh, our God is different. And uh, he came to get rid of those traditions. He came to fulfill the law, like you said. Um, so there's there's all kinds of things with Babylon. Like Babylon has been used, was in Jeremiah, and they were used as an instrument to uh, put Israel into exile uh, for their disobedience, for how far they truly have went away. I'm trying to remember what the king's name was at the time. I think it was like Ahus, something like that. That was whenever uh, they figured out or they read, uh, they they rediscovered the scripts from uh, the Old Testament or the law. They, they, they rediscovered the law, and he, he was the king who realized, man, Jerusalem or Israel has really fallen away from God, so they got rid of the idols. But, of course, people didn't like that, and then that's whenever we see Babylon 
come into the story yes. again. Yeah. So Babylon is like, you see it as an instrument, and we see that it was this mighty city. Uh, but there's, there's... What's this, interesting about that whole thing is, for some reason, Bab- people want to... They want to take over Babylon. Like they, they want that to be their kingdom. Like they want that. They want to be ownership, take ownership of that uh-huh. place, because it, it's it symbolizes like I guess power and authority. Yeah. And it's so interesting that I read something earlier today too that even Saddam Hussein, before his death, yeah, he's it said that he had he had spent millions of dollars pouring into Babylon to rebuild this nation um, to get back to where it was before. Like that that kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? Yeah. The fact that it was it was for one demolished and it was just ruined completely. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> you have someone like Saddam Hussein, like just evil guy. And he comes in and he's he spends millions of dollars to rebuild this place. Yes. And you only have one in my mind I only have, only have one thing in mind. And it's it's preparing for this final battle. Mm-hmm. Like everything is leading up to this. It doesn't matter whose hand was in it. I mean, over the course of time, and we're going to read here in a minute that God's God's will is always going to be fulfilled. Amen. And even if he, even if he has to use someone like Saddam Hussein, uh-huh. he's going to use someone like him, and it's going to the end, the final result is still going to be the Lord. The Lord being victorious, Amen. But it has to get to that final point, that final battle, which is the Battle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Um, before we even get to that point, I mean, there's a lot of things in here that that we that we were going over. So um, it talks about how how she is sitting on these seven hills, right? These uh, what is it, seven heads or seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Mm-hmm. That kind of lays out the geographical um, dwelling place for this main religion. Yeah, and you got to think this: we are in the final half of the tribulation period, meaning people have taken the mark of the beast. People have already; they're losing all their resources um, as these seven seven angels are pouring out the seven bowls. All these great things are happening. People are losing water. People are losing fish. People are losing um, other crazy resources that I can't think of right now. Yeah. But they're losing it all. Mm-hmm. And and this is the layout of where this of where this this prostitute is or where this main religion. And it's all focused on one government. Yes. On one ruleship. And so um, then it kind of goes in goes into how John. And I think TJ spoke a little bit on this too. It says how he marveled greatly. Yeah. Whenever he looked upon this, I mean, this is a guy who, who's in heaven. Literally, he was on the island of Patmos a few second, few seconds ago, probably you know scratching his armpit or something. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he's in heaven. Yeah, he's up there, <laughs> and he's not marvelled at that. He's marvelled at the fact that he glances over and he sees this this woman, and he's like, whoa. What is that? And this angel says, don't worry, I'll explain it to you. And this this calls for a mind of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think you were talking about wisdom earlier, right? Yes. So kind of give me some background. So on wisdom, with, uh, wisdom, wisdom. So I like, once again, I we've just been, Hallie and I, we've been reading through the book of Proverbs and it's just the fear of the Lord, like wisdom is not like being able to say what one plus one is, being able to know what PEMDAS, and I haven't said that in a long time. Uh, it's like, that's not wisdom, and that's not knowledge. Having spiritual knowledge in what God is and what God wants, that is true knowledge within that. And we can also see in verse 9, um, like after after John says he marveled at it, and then this uh, angel is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, why do you marvel? <laughs> he right. literally stops and says, why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries out. He's like, I will tell you about this thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you everything about it, and then we'll see if you marvel about it still, because I'm about to drop a bomb on you, what's going to happen to this person. Um, and then he goes on to, 
uh, the beast that you saw was and is not. And I, I, I kind of like the wording. You know, we see who was and is to come, and we see kind of like a different wordplay with it. Uh, the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. And that just may, like, I'm not sure why it does that. I, I, I'd like to do more because, you know, it's, it's just too similar. Uh, the similarities within comparing to like Jesus who was and is and is to come. Yeah. But then we see whenever we're talking about this prostitute, uh, it, it was and is not and is to come. And I'd like to do more research about that. But then we see in verse 9, this calls for mind with wisdom. With wisdom. Yeah. That heavenly wisdom, this angel's like, you may, you may have been a, a disciple of Jesus, but let me give you a little bit more wisdom into what this is. And then he goes into that. So that's my little spiel on the wisdom part. But I, I man, I... I wish I would have caught that. It's funny, while we're doing this podcast, sometimes I'll catch on to things and like, man, I should have done more research yeah. about this. I should have looked at it more. Well, I think what's interesting about that that little piece right there is because, I mean, the Antichrist, he he's coming to mimic everything that Christ has done. And I think that's probably why, I can just imagine that's why he it's worded this way and why people marvel at him. Because they're like, whoa. Maybe this is the anti, or maybe this is the Christ, or maybe you know he's the true God. Mm-hmm. You know, so earlier in Revelation we talked about that how how this mortal he had a mortal wound or something like that, and he didn't die, mm-hmm. and somehow he came back to life or whatever it was, and people marveled at that. Well, here, right here, it's telling us what is going on. There's a beast that was he was living. That was no more. He's no longer living, and and now he's to come. He's coming, just like yeah. you said, just like the Christ, just like we believe that Jesus was, and he is, and he is to come. Yeah. And so I think what's interesting is it doesn't say that Jesus was, and then wasn't, and then is to come. Mm-hmm. We know 100% that even in Christ's death, he was still living and breathing. Amen. Maybe not here on this earth, but we know that he started something that would last for eternity. Maybe so, he was preaching down in hell. <laughs> no, maybe it's different questions. Different maybe, questions. Right? <laughs> but, so I just think um, with I mean there is a lot of similarity. Yes. Yes. Most yeah, and it's just because it was and is not and is to come. You know. Okay. I'm kind of. I'm trying to think. Holy Spirit, give me, give me interpretation. <laughs> but maybe it's I'm going to take a stab at it. Stab at it because it was, it was here previously, and we see that uh, we look back at the prostitute, and it says that the people who were dwelling on earth became drunk on her, right? And, pe- and that, like, once again, that still happens today. People see uh, the things of today, the sinful things of today, and they draw near to her sometimes because it's fun. They see it as fun as they, and they enjoy it, but she is not eternal. She is not God, but she will come. And we see that this rise of Babylon, uh, this rise has come, came back in, uh, the Antichrist in this, what we're reading right now, she will come. But she was not eternal, and she won't last. But Jesus was here walking with us and teaching with us, is eternal, is God, and will come back to judge. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm taking a stab on it, guys. I, tell me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but Cruz gave me some inspirational words to say before this podcast to say what you thought, and I'm just saying, just come and talk to me if I'm wrong. So. <laughs> Uh, I may have just totally butchered that, but I have no clue. (laughs) I guess we're going to find out at the end of my life. Yeah, exactly. Um, So chapter 17. Yes. It's all about this great prostitute and the beast. Mm -hmm. Um, As we found out that even though that she sits enthroned on these seven hills and she has authority over these people, like there are, again, she meaning 
This is a world religion. The world is completely gone at this point. There is no world. There's like a section of the world mm-hmm. because half half of it is dead. Yes. Half of the population is dead. And so you're looking at just this this one piece of people who's who who now functions as one under one 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 god with yeah. a little g under one authority under one government under one religion. Mhm. And so they're all functioning under this prostitute. And it says that she has great authority. They all marveled at her. I mean, that's just what this whole passage is about. And I mean, we can also look and we can also think. Let's think. Or I know. Let's think about what this earth would be like at the time. Like if this Antichrist, they come together. And we read back in... uh, what was that, 15 or 16, they were getting people together to get ready for the last battle, uh, yeah. the Battle of Armageddon. Maybe this is what, this is this is their last straw. This is their last thing to hold on to. Is this, is this prostitute? Is this one world religion? As in, uh, they're going to come together and try to defeat Christ. Because we see they will make war on, this is in verse 14, they will make war on the Lamb and the lamb will conquer them. So they will try to make war. And this is, like you said, it's going to be in one section. And maybe these, this set of people came together in one group to try to take over yeah. uh, God. And, and they of course, do. Or yes, they try, yes. Yeah, they, and, and this is, uh, you know, like you were saying, the devil wants to do everything. He wants, he wants to be in God's seat. He wants to be that. And maybe he, and we know that this prostitute, uh, that it has kings like world like leaders around yes. it. It has those ten. I believe it was the ten horns. Is that ten horns? Yeah. Yeah. The ten horns are ten kings or ten rulers who have came together with the people who have brought yes. people together for this, um, and they will try to conquer. Uh, What's amazing is these people. Like yes, they tolerate this woman. They tolerate this the the prostitute. But it says that they hate her. Mm-hmm. They yet she sits enthroned. She sits and she's in charge of this whole thing. But yet they hate her. Uh-huh. The the beast that they hate her. And so, I think with um, let me see here. There was something I was going to talk about. So they were talking about um, yes yes. So they come together and. I was reading through a passage earlier today, and I was reading through just some commentary again. And um, the guy was talking about how they all come together. Because never in a million years would you see these guys come together unless it was about something super important. Yeah. But he somehow, the, the, the Antichrist somehow is able to get all these ten kings to come together. Uh-huh. And to fight this battle. Don't know what he says. We don't know how he says it, but we do know that it's by some miraculous sign, some some miracle almost. Oh yeah, that he's able to pull all of these people together. And it's, I mean, like you said in verse fourteen, to make war on the Lamb. Um, I mean that's just everything has already every, everything is already dissipating. Yeah, the last thing that you want to do is go into battle. Yeah. If you have no water, if you have no food, I mean, how are you going to fight? Yeah. I mean, those are necessities. Those are like, those are just going down to the bare minimum necessities of everyday life. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have those things, why would you want to pursue war? Honestly, we can look and we see and that we read in the past chapters that they hated God for these things that happened to them. So maybe it's literally hate, anger, and rage that is driving these people to do this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we've I don't we've encountered hateful people, and we see sometimes they will do the absolute most to try to bring somebody down. And I would not put them past them uh, in this context either. Like they're angry at God, uh, they they are very very angry at God, and they want to try anything to take him down for this. So maybe it's literally anger and rage that are driving them on, driving them forward with this. Yeah, yeah. But that's just that's for 
I know it's not biblical. It's just trying to connect the dots to gapping that is within uh, uh, the Bible. But we can see uh, later on down the road uh, with verse 15, And the angel said to them, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are people. So the people that you're talking about. Um, but then we see that this woman, this prostitute, is just tore up. Gone. See you later. And they kill her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it says um, in chapter 16, um, And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. Uh, they will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. Um, for God has put, put it into their hearts to carry out this purpose by being of one mind and, and handing over uh, their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. So the beast is Satan. Yeah. Again, I don't know how or why God, you know, uses um, Satan, how he uses just evil, but I do, I can see how it's all to fulfill God's plan. Yeah. Because it says it right there, until the words of God are fulfilled. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Mm-hmm. From the beginning, from the very first time that sin entered the world, everything has led to this point. Everything has led to the point where Christ would die on the cross. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter who he used, because we talked about that like a while back. Why did he choose Israel? Yeah. Why did he choose Abraham? Why did he choose um, Judas to betray Jesus? Why did he choose you know all these different things? I think the final result is it didn't matter who he chose. It was all about, okay, it just had to get to Jesus. Yep. And and it has to now get to this final battle where they, Satan and his demons try to overthrow God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Finally. And they fail. And it doesn't work. (laughs) Right. It doesn't work. And I, I, I mean, you know, the one thing that I keep going back to my mind uh, it keeps coming back to my mind is why is it that these things are written down and God has said it to Satan so many times that he's going to lose. Yeah. But yet he still pursues war and, and, and this, just this battle. I, I'm tr- I want to find the scripture for it, but the reason is like, I'm not going to say the reason is, but I believe scripture depicts Satan as a prideful person, right? And I think so. I think that's why he was casted down because he had so much pride that he thought he should be on that uh on the kingdom seat. And it's I think it's literally just pride. Like he, he you know, in Proverbs it says that a prideful person, uh, a person who does not take instruction uh is a fool. And he Satan is a fool. Uh, he's too prideful. He doesn't want to listen, and he thinks that he can still win, uh, because obviously he's still on this earth. He's still moving. Like he's gotten some points. You know, he got uh, Adam and he got Eve and uh, Adam and Eve to take a bite of the fruit uh, to kind of turn to kind of turn God's creation uh, his backs against God. But God is still moving and He's working, and uh, everything is for His good. Uh, so. I, I maybe I, I, if I, I wish I can think of and find the scripture for it right now, but I think that is how Satan is depicted uh, throughout the Bible, or whenever he fell. I think it was on Isaiah, or whenever I'm trying to remember where it's talking about him, but past <laughs> that now. So, anyways, um, and that kind of leads us into chapter 18. Amen. So, chapter 18. This is the fall of Babylon. The economic system. This <laughs> is how TJ would put it. Every everything, God is is preparing the new earth mm-hmm. at this point. Babylon has fallen, but he's used this prostitute. Um, he he's used the beast to kill the prostitute. So Satan tries to set himself up because he wants to be the final person on this earth that is worshipped. Mm-hmm. And so he, he gets rid of all world religions, and now it's just him. Yep, 
Just one coming together. Yes. And so chapter 18 says this. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was made bright with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean, detestable beast. First off, I only thought there were ever just demons. Yeah. But now there are unclean spirits, birds, and detestable beasts. Yep. (laughs) Verse 3. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Again, you have millions of people. Mm -hmm. And they are from all different kinds of tribes and nations and languages. And they come to know one authority and that's this this prostitute this babylonian uh we don't really know what it's going to be considered but it's going to have this mystery babylon the great the mother of prostitutes written on her forehead Mm -hmm. we know that that's what we're going to see um for all have for all nations have drunk the wine of the passions of her sexual immorality and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take, my, take part in her, in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. For her sins are heaped high as the heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others. And repay her double for what her deeds Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in, lu- in luxury, so give her a like measure of tor- torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen. I am no widow, and mourning I shall never see. For this uh, season, her plague, for this reason, her plagues will come in a, in a single day. Death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Okay. We, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, because we had talked about, we had had this conversation last week, is salvation still on the table? Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's kind of what I want to talk about for the remainder of this podcast. Okay. Because I just feel like that's a good question. I don't even know where that question came from. Yes. I mean, it, it's, I mean it's a big question. I, like somebody could say, does God hold back his, uh, does he hold back his salvation story? Does he hold back his uh, redemptive uh, character? Uh, does he take it away? I mean, at, at a certain point, is certain, is, at a certain point, is too far, too far. Uh, is is anybody basically out of luck? Uh, and it's a huge question. I, I think it's a valid one, but that's up for interpretation. We have yeah. no idea. <laughs> but I just really feel like based on this verse and based on other verses in the past, salvation still has to be available. Mm-hmm. Because you hear these two angels um, in chapter 16, I believe, or maybe it was 15, I can't remember. But they say, they yell out whatever they whatever it is they yell out. And then it says, they still didn't repent of their sin. Yeah. And that's like in the final days, yeah. right? And in chapter 18, it just said, in the midst of Babylon, God says, come out. Kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah. Kind of like um, other, other stories that we've heard about where... God's giving someone a final final chance to get out of there. Yep. And even even in the midst of Babylon, which my assumption is if you live in Babylon, you had to take the mark of the beast. Yeah. How else would you survive? You know, or what if if you didn't take the mark of the beast, then how did you get there? Yeah. And what is you, your story? Right. I just need to know. <laughs> the true answer is we won't know until we get into heaven and we're looking down and watching this and we see this whole thing take place. Exactly. I mean, there's just so many things that you can go with this. Like, like that's valid. Like come out, come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins. And once again, there's that clause come out of her 
unless you take part in her sins. So maybe it's like, unless you took part in that mark of the beast, unless you took part in that, uh, unless you share in her plagues, unless you, and then we can go back and look at the bowls and the plagues that were poured out. Like maybe if you weren't taking part in her sin or taking part in uh, uh, taking that mark and you weren't, uh, and you weren't within those plagues, you weren't being affected by those bowls, uh, come out of her, my people. And then for her sins are heaped as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. I mean, that's this isn't anything to me. This isn't anything to like become angry about. Like we have no idea. This is like just fun talk, fun God talk. Uh, and it, it's like we want to get to know God better, but then we also know that there's a limit to it. Like we know, I believe it's Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, uh, for there's things that God has not shown to us. And we won't be able to know until we get to heaven um, or until we're able to watch this <laughs> unfold right. if you're a pre-trib. Like, there's there's all kinds of just, like, conversations that can spry and that can spring up out of, uh, up out of Scripture, and especially this in a book that, in the book of Revelation, where everything hasn't happened yet, but their prophecy and these things are to come. So you can be like, oh, I'm a pre-trib guy. Uh, but really, it doesn't. within Revelation, it doesn't say anything about uh, the rapture or, or people going up. It's just speculations. Right, it's just speculation. It's just all speculation. So it's fun to talk about. To me, uh, to me, it's, it's kind of, I, like I told you guys last podcast, I think salvation is still on the table. Like we were talking about, come out of me. Uh, no, come out of her, my people. Uh, come out of her sinful, her sexual morality. And it, I kind of got something clicked in my head with the sexual morality. So like within, if we were to think about the sin of sexual morality, uh, it's it's really uh, like intimacy with something else, being intimate with something that God doesn't want us to be with. Right. And people something were that's being not God. Yeah, some in they were being intimate with uh, the devil being intimate yeah. with Satan and he's telling them to come out of her. And I can remember, like I was telling you before, going back to Jeremiah, whenever the people were in exile and they actually lived amongst the Babylonians, uh, in Babylon, like we're talking about, they lived amongst them. But God said, he told them, I, I believe it was, uh, Jeremiah, uh, the Lord told Jeremiah to tell them that you're going to be there for a little bit. But, this is where we get that famous verse. I have plans to prosper you. I, I I will come back for you, and I will prosper you. So it's if we if we were to look at that, and we we're going to look back at the Bible and what Babylon did, and whenever the Lord says, "Come out of her," maybe this isn't another redemption, uh, another opportunity for them to be saved. But once again, this is all speculation. We don't know. So. Zip. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is fun. This is great talking about God's word. Okay. So picking up in verse 9. And the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and living in luxury with her will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand far off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon. For in a single hour your judgment has come, and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn for her, since no one buys their cargo anymore, cargo of gold, silver, jewels, pearls, fine linen, purple cloth, silk, scarlet cloth, um, all kinds of scented wood, all kinds of articles of ivory, all kinds of articles of costly wood, bronze, iron, and marble, Cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, and chariots, and slaves, that is, human souls. The fruit uh, for which your soul longed for has gone from you, and all your uh, delicacies and your splendors are lost to you, never to be found again. The merchants of uh, of these, is that wars? Wares. Wares 
who gained wealth from her will stand far off in fear of her torment, weeping and mourning aloud. Alas, alas, the great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, with jewels and with pearls. For in a single hour, all, all this wealth has been laid waste. And all um, shipmates and seafaring men, sailors and all who... Uh, all whose trade is on the sea stood far off and cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning. Uh, what city was like the great city? And they threw the dust on the, they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, "Alas, alas! For the great city, where all who had ships at sea grew rich by their wealth, by her wealth. For in a single hour she had been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven!" And you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, So will Babylon the great city be thrown down with violence and, and be found no more. And the sound of harpists and musicians, of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more. And a craftsman of, of any craft will be found in you no more. And the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more. And the light of a lamp will shine in you no more. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will be heard in you no more. For the merchants, for your merchants, were the great ones of the earth. And all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. I think I kind of just got an answer to your salvation thing. What do you mean? Okay. So the mighty angel took up a stone like a great, like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying this, and no more, no more, no more. Verse 23. And the light of a lamp, and the light of a lamp will shine no more, and the voice of the bridegroom and bride, Jesus and his people will be heard in you no more. Is this where salvation is over with? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, oh, we've been talking this about... This is so confusing. We've been talking about it. Yes, we have. Because we're not even to the thousand-year reign just yet. No, not yet. I mean, we're, we're still far off from... We're not far off, but we're pretty close. We're yeah. wrapping up the seven-year tribulation. We're getting there. But what happens then? You know what I mean? I mean, it, this is the fall of Babylon. Like, is this it? Like, is that the end of Satan? Was Satan cast down at this moment? Uh, and then you have to wait until next episode. Because, I, right. like I told you... Like I said, I'm I'm not I'm going to try not to study so, this before the thousand year reign. Yeah, this is when Christ comes back. He's judged the earth. His judgment, God's judgment, has been poured out on the earth. But Christ comes back and he locks away Satan for a thousand years, and then and then after that thousand year reign, there's a moment where Satan can run the earth and do his final thing before he's officially locked away forever. I don't know why he's back out again. Don't know what occurs. Who let this guy go? Right? <laughs> what, like, what was the guard doing? Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. But for a thousand years. Yeah. And is it, a, is it a full-on thousand years? I have no clue. We know that God's timing, a thousand years is a, is a day, and a day is a thousand years. Amen. You explain that to me, right? Yeah. We don't even comprehend that. No. I do know in these last and final days, and there was something that stuck, stood out to me um, in this final passage, final passages. Um, the whole, everything is coming to an end. Like your way to make money. People are standing off yeah. in different parts of the world and they're seeing all of Babylon just come to a complete implosion or explosion. Yep. And I just thought of um, whenever it says this. Um, I think when it says, 
for your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery, and in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints. I in my in that commentary, the guy kind of mentioned people who invest in stocks, people who invest in <laughs> like these big companies, right? Yeah. And again, I I might be high here. I don't know. <laughs> all right, this is a total random topic. But all these big companies, like, and I've said this before, how do we know how these big companies get to be so big? Yeah. Like, is it a truly clean, clean slate company that has been doing business right, the, doing the right things for, for years and years? Like, think about some of the biggest stocks out there or some of these like the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 mm-hmm. that's been around forever. Yeah. Like how do we know that companies like these aren't doing corrupt things in places that we can't really see? Yeah. The, tr- the real answer is I don't know. I'm not I'm not putting anything out there. Yeah. But I'm just thinking of this, of that final verse. What verse is that? 23. It's like this, the second half of 23. It says, For your merchants... Or the great ones of the earth. What does that even mean? I don't know. Maybe it's referring to the people who did sell and become rich, rich, become rich uh, during this time, selling things. Uh, we see that it's gold and silver gave off a whole list, inclu- including slaves, sold other people. Uh, so those merchants, uh, for the merchants were the great ones of the earth. And all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. It's, I don't know. I don't know either. That's another crazy question. <laughs> but it says... I plead the fifth. Right, I plead the fifth. <laughs> and it says in there, and again, this we might be a day away from the tribulation. We might be two more thousand years from the tribulation. Yep. So the world's going to look completely different during this time. Oh, yeah. I highly doubt... Stocks are going to be around. I highly doubt you, like investments is going to be what's on your mind. Yeah. That's just what came to my mind right now. <laughs> Can you imagine during this time that there is like, what is that? What is that place called in New York? Uh, the stock room where people were Wall like Street. Wall Street and they're still yeah. trying to yeah. invest in things. We're going to make it. <laughs> oh my God. We're only down a thousand percent, but promise, we're going to get there. I promise if you invest in this company when this is all over. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh, I'd like to point out one very interesting thing. What does the color purple mean to you in this? Um, talking about this purple and the scarlet. Scarlet, yeah. Purple is royalty. Yes. It's always been royalty. Amen. I mean, it's the the reason um, Jesus, wasn't it whenever he walked, he he rode in on a donkey, but I'm pretty sure he was wearing a purple robe. I don't think he... I I thought of the... Whenever he was being mocked, they put a purple uh, robe over him, which meant royalty and everything... But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. You had it. I was like, maybe some people don't know this. Like the purple, like purple and scarlet. Like purple during that that time was very like only for kings and people of the rich. So this prostitute or uh that was being thrown down at this time was uh had purple, had gold, had all these royal things. But she don't last until maybe an hour. It don't matter. Yeah, it don't yeah. matter to God. In an hour, in an hour, she's dissipated. Yes, right. Babylon is completely demolished. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy here, and we'll wrap up because I don't have anything else to say after this. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> um, it talks. It talks about in earlier in the chapter eighteen how she had no clue that she was. And within an hour, she'll she'll be gone. Yeah, she'll be completely dead. They thought they'd never fall because she was so. She says it says that as she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a, a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her heart she says, "I sit as a queen. I'm not a widow, and mourning I shall never see." 
this is a woman who is very prideful. Yes. And again, I don't think it's an actual woman. I think it's something that symbolizes this. Yeah. But it's a very prideful thing going mm-hmm. on here. Yep. She thinks that she could never come to an end. And within an hour, she was completely demolished. Yeah. Takes no time, just 60 minutes. Just 60, 60 minutos. minutes and minutos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could just see God. This is glory just being shown through this time. Like the city that thought was going to stand didn't, it was going to stand forever. Like we, like Cruz just read, didn't even last an hour to God. So we can lean on his glory and his greatness upon this. So I got nothing else. I got nothing else, dude. Unless you want to talk about football again. Ah, I'm okay. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for joining. We'll see you next week. Yes. God bless. Mm